Blog Talk Radio. When I'm alone in my room, sometimes I stare at the wall and in the back of my mind I hear my conscience call telling me I need a girl who's as sweet as a dove. For the first time in my life, I see I need love. There I was, giggling about the games that I had played with many hearts and I'm not saying no names. Then the thought occurred, tears drops made my eyes burn. Cause I said to myself, look what you've done to her. I can feel it inside, I can't explain how it feels. All I know is that I'm never dishing of the raw deal, playing make-believe, pretending that I'm true. Holding in my laugh as I say that I love you Saying I'm more, kissing you on the ear Whispering I love you and I'll always be here Although I often reminisce, I can't believe that I found A desire for true love floating around Inside my soul, because my soul is cold One half of me deserves to be this way till I'm old But the other half needs affection and joy And the warmth that is created by a girl and a boy I need love Peace, peace. Welcome back to Your Week Ahead with Mama Dada Astrology right here on the My Astrology Coach Radio Network on the Ampu Astrology channel. We are back. We are live in full effect. It is Wednesday, December the 16th. I'm so honored and delighted to be back with you today. I, You may not quite be able to tell. I'm in a little bit of a different energy. It's okay. <laughs> uh, from one week to the next, it's quite amazing how the energy can shift so dramatically. So let me be the first to encourage you listeners, beautiful listeners, um, intelligent, you know, listeners who are ready to master their destinies using the powerful tool of astrology. Uh, just encourage you to hang in there. Um, there's Uranus is about to station direct next week, um, the day after the holiday, the day after the full moon, which is on the holiday. And depending on your time zone, it's the exact same day. But it's it's occurring in uh, chronological order, time wise, after the full moon. And Uranus stationing direct is, we're going to get into it here a little later, but there's breakthrough is here. Breakthrough is coming. And before breakthrough, uh, possibly and potentially and likely, there's going to be a breakdown of some sort. And so I just want to encourage you guys. I'm in a, a little bit of a different energy myself. Just, I mean, life is so completely different <laughs> in so many ways a week ago. And that 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 feels really Uranus-related because Uranus is a sudden and unexpected event. You don't expect to all of a sudden become someone's primary caregiver. <laughs> and you don't expect your life and schedule to have to change uh, when you didn't have a heads up about it <laughs> uh, in such drastic and stark ways. Um, I say I'm in a little bit of different energy. I, 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 I'm running on fumes, you know, with very little sleep um, a, after such a drastic lifestyle change. And uh, so I, I said I'm in a different energy because I'm a little sleepy. I finally ate yesterday. I didn't, I didn't eat all day until late at night. 
it's just been a lot going on. My schedule is completely different, <laughs> and I'm making the adjustment. So that's why I say I just want to encourage you guys. Uranus is stationing direct next week. If you have some sudden, unexpected, you know, events go on, uh, it's it's the breakdown that's leading to the breakthrough. So don't you break down. If things all around you are breaking down, don't you break down. You um, find your center, find your peace, find your calm in the midst of these, you know, energetic storms that are going on and be that, be the change, be the change instead of this Uranus type sudden unexpected thing happening to you. You know, even with me, with the lifestyle change I've undergone in less than a week, I am learning to stay as close to center as possible at all times because it doesn't help anything for you to freak out when stuff's going on around you. It's just adding insult to injury, if you even want to um, look at it like that. But be flexible this week, please, dear Mama da- mama's babies, mama daughter's babies, so y'all be uh, flexible. Go with the flow this week. Um, we're, I, I, I'm, I, I'm ready to get into the stuff, but I just kind of just wanted to give y'all a heads up about some stuff with me. Uh, let me go ahead while I'm at it and do a little housekeeping. Um, last week... Um, key, um, I want to say Keisha. I wrote down the number. I'll I'll do that housekeeping here in a second when I find the paper. But um, <clears throat> I usually I never do uh, reports on show days, um, and I've 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 dwindled down doing them on the weekends um, just to keep some sort of balance between being a fanatic about learning and teaching astrology and maintaining a, a, a practical daily life that, you know, others around me expect. <laughs> and I expect it myself, of course. Uh, but what I will say is here, uh, in addition to me becoming someone's primary caregiver for all intents and purposes all of a sudden, uh, t- uh, tomorrow for certain I'll be out in, in a, a, a medical facility for most of the day waiting around, so I won't be able to get um, a lot done tomorrow. So if y'all will just bear with me, Um, Keisha from last week, I did not write down, I wrote down all the digits of your phone number except the last four. (laughs) So uh, if you would not mind contacting me, Adrian. At myastrologycoach.com, you can get me at mamadataastrology at Gmail. I'm on um, social media, mamadataastrology on Facebook, mamadataastro on Twitter. Uh, I would really, really love to follow up with you, Keisha. I was able to contact the other two callers from the show, but um, I did not write down the last four digits of your number, and I apologize for that. I would love to reconnect with you. Um, So with that being said, I want to give honor respect where it is due to our divine ancestors, without which we would not be here, and to our fearless leader, Brother Ampu, who is so generous to allow us um, a day to kind of come together each Wednesday in a time and really get it in 
and be ahead. We're talking about the winter solstice today, y'all. That's so pivotal and important and and huge uh, on 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 a on an annual scale. You know, we talk about transits that affect the day, that affect the week, but to to have an energetic event coming up, an astrological event coming up, a spiritual event coming up here next week in the form of the winter solstice that is really not just that day, but just like with these moon phases and you're talking about, okay, from one new moon to the immediately next full moon, you've got two weeks of energy from this new moon to the full moon. Full moon to new moon, pretty much the same thing. And so it's it's going to be a period of time here uh, that the winter solstice kind of, you know, opens up for us a time period for us to do some really important energetic work if we so desire. Otherwise, it's just another day, December 21st. <laughs> so uh, with that being said, uh, <clears throat> today uh, we had a sun sextile the moon uh, aspect at one sixty. A.M. Central Standard Time, and I was say stating in another show that that uh, moon sextile the sun or sun sextile the moon, also sun trine the moon, were good energies to initiate uh, things, especially business under. And I noticed today that the sun sextile moon, uh, is it today? Yeah, I believe it was today that it threw us into a void of course, a void of course moon. So under normal circumstances, when the sun sextiles the moon, it's a green light to start a business venture, you know, officially. Or, but then when you when you're throwing in that void of course moon, it's like you don't you don't start anything in a void of course moon if you actually want something to come of it, if you actually want positive results, um, results that you can see. And, and and enjoy. And so I just threw that out there. That's a little tidbit. It's just little tidbits like that that you that your, you know, trusted astrologer will know and be able to pick up on and identify when they're seeing, you know, when they're hearing questions that you may have about plans you'd like to make and when's an optimal time to do this or that. Uh, so... Just a little tidbit to keep you interested in digging on your own as well as if you have questions about timing and things of that nature to encourage you to know that there's method to this astrological madness. And if you're not quite sure, don't hesitate to contact um, a professional. Uh, let's see. I'm just uh, recapping a little bit of what's going on right now. Currently, currently, uh, the moon is in Pisces. Actually, we're going to be this. We're wrapping up a zodiac cycle. I talked about it last week. Feel free to find the episode information for today's show, and and uh, you'll click a link inside of that that references last week's show. So it's pretty easy to find. Uh, we're in Pisces today and tomorrow, kind of rounding it out and wrapping it up. And then tomorrow, and then um, on the 18th, we have the first quarter moon. We got the moon going into Aquarius. Uh, I apologize, Aries. So we're starting a new cycle. And then on the 19th, at the end of the week on Saturday, we've got that Mercury Pluto conjunction. We discussed 
all of this in last week's show, so feel free to click and listen after um, this today's show wraps up. Uh, let's see here. Yeah, you can get all that information there. Uh, it's 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 really a critical show to go back and listen to if you haven't in the archives, simply because Mercury Pluto is no joke. Um, it may be the very alignment here this Saturday uh, that really sets some pivotal things off for us in our lives. So don't sleep on Saturday. Don't sleep on Saturday's energy and get a good good heads up and po- and some um, information for your particular sign in last week's show, okay? This week, we are discussing the week ahead, Sunday the 20th through Saturday the 26th. The moon is going to go through Taurus, uh, uh, Gemini, and Cancer next week. We've got a full moon in Cancer next week. We've got so much. So let's just get into it, y'all. Jump right on in. All right. I've gone over the moon cycle so much for you guys, and I just realized I didn't put that information in today's show notes. So, moon and Taurus, um, feel free to web search that. I actually encourage you to simply because if you're visual like me, when you're actually reading some of these interpretations that other astrologers have um, put together, for the uh, description of these energies, uh, it may something may jump out at you that listening to me say it doesn't quite do. So I encourage you to do a web search on when the moon is in Taurus, okay? And let's see. The moon goes into Taurus at 6.12 p.m. Central Standard Time on Sunday. And before that, Mercury squares Uranus, okay? Actually, after, at 9.07, Mercury, the planet of communication, travel, thinking, uh, uh, that's that's pretty much it when it comes to just major keywords. I don't want to give you so much. I mean, there's a a business element to Mercury as well as, as it relates to commerce and trade, Uh, so exchanging of energy, information, money, uh, thoughts, that's all Mercury. And it's in a challenging um, um, square to Uranus, the sudden and unexpected events I was talking about when the show first started. Um, The uh, Uranus is like, you know, out of the blue. It's it's electric. It's, It's powerful and potent. And that's Uranus pretty much in a nutshell. So they're squaring off this coming Sunday the 20th at 9.07 p.m. Central Standard Time. Mercury right now is in Capricorn. It was the first thing to pretty much join Pluto in Capricorn this year. And it's at 16 degrees squaring Uranus at 16 degrees in Aries, okay? And so we're all kind of getting this lesson in being very careful who we communicate with, okay? And I guess via electronics, Uranus is kind of electric. It is not kind of. It represents electricity. And so um, anything electrical-related like Internet, phone, computer, but being careful who you communicate with, 
um, we're we're learning a lesson through Mercury Square Uranus around uh, expecting the unexpected and being kind of being ready for whatever may come, just kind of like I've had to with what's come up with me, uh, being ready to kind of just go with that flow instead of these very hard. It's hard to stay rigid when change is thrust upon you. Um, I, I don't want to say forced, but thrust upon you. Um, um, yeah, so just monitor. I would say this. This is also a beneficial kind of tidbit when you're dealing with Uranus and things you're not expecting to kind of happen is just our own kind of responses to it. If you can't really control what's happening to you, focus more on your response. Uh, focus more on remaining positive, as positive as possible. I mean, in the situation I'm in, it's kind of hard to just be positive, but to kind of turn yourself more in that direction at least. At least if you can turn your back on the negativity, even if you can't make a step towards positivity, that's, you know, just a suggestion uh, to uh Focus on that, that, like I said, that calm and you're staying kind of in your center and your your inner stability, your inner voice, listening to your inner voice and allowing yourself to kind of have these time periods every day where you're able to get quiet. I was so sleepy earlier before the show and I wanted to take a nap so bad and with everything going on um, with my family member, there's like nonstop phone calls and it's just like, I have to find the quiet when and where I can because I'm not going to allow any Uranus-related <laughs> life experiences and circumstances to turn me around from the direction that I'm headed in, okay? So focus on your inner stability if everything around you is falling apart. Be stable on the inside. If you have to ignore people, if you have to avoid people, uh, situations, circumstances that you know is going to take you out and off of your center, then do that, be that. Um, We're living in times right now energetically and spiritually and astrologically speaking where, you know, whatever is on the menu is not really like a rules type thing, especially when you're dealing with Uranus. Uranus is the rebel. And it's in Aries. We know Aries don't DGAF. <laughs> so it's like do what you got to do to have that inner, inner stability, even if it means ignoring and avoiding certain communications. We're talking about Mercury here. If you have to, if you get an email, a text, a phone call, hey, swipe that thing on over and ignore that call. Uh, don't, don't even put the energy into replying to that text if it's going to put you in a negative space, okay, uh, or or make you afraid. We're, we're avoiding any negativity and any fearfulness, not just because we don't, oh, we, we only want positive things. We don't want anything negative. Of course, nobody wants anything, wants anything negative, but we have a divine opportunity to uh, really transform some things and transmutate some of these energies. So I'm just encouraging y'all not to just 
give up and give in. Oh, this is happening. Oh, I didn't see this coming. I can't do anything about it. I'm just out of there. I'm gone. I'm, it's too late. Nothing can be done. I just encourage you to stick stick to your spiritual path. Your inner stability will never lead you wrong. So let me just encourage you to continue to focus on that if, if you're having these issues. Mercury Square in Uranus here on Sunday, the 20th Sunday night. So uh, I do know this. When the moon is in Taurus, it's a really fixed energy. You got, you're talking about Taurus, which is a fixed sign, and it's an earth sign. So um, Uranus will have none of that. <laughs> so that's what I'm saying. While the moon's in Taurus and you're feeling all like slowed down and earthy and in your in your skin and sensual and everything real thick <laughs> and Mercury square and Uranus on Sunday night is like remind rem, remind yourself to be happy. Okay? When Mercury squares Uranus our senses are really stimulated. Um, Mercury and Uranus to get Uranus is already the higher octave of Mercury. Now you, I told y'all, Mercury is the thoughts and the communication and the travel. Okay, when you bump that up an octave, and you got Uranus, that's when your travel becomes electric and lightning speed. That's when your communications turn into divine inspiration and intuition that sparks in an instant. So you've got these very related energies in a challenging aspect to each other, and they also involve our nervous system, especially Uranus, our nervous system. And so watch for the stimulated, it's feeling overstimulated on Sunday. That's why I'm saying the center and the, and the inner stability and all that stuff, because you may feel frantic overstimulated with these flashes of insights that you'll be having around Sunday or these fresh new ideas. Look for this a day ahead on Saturday and potentially a day after on Monday as well, okay, because we're talking about um, some energy that's going to stretch out a bit and could show up early, lightning quick, right, sudden and unexpected, right, maybe even a week early. How about that? (laughs) Maybe that'll explain what's going on with me. Um, uh, the ideas that we have, these flashes of insight and new ideas that we get, they may not always come across well. That's where the square comes in. It may be a challenge when these fresh ideas and flashes of insight come to relay what we've downloaded, okay, to translate back out to others around us the insight we've received. That may be where the challenge comes in. Uh, the challenge may come in because we're getting so many flashes of insight and fresh new ideas that we become more scatterbrained around this time and more kind of all over the place. This may be something to watch out for. Uh, So under these conditions, Sunday, Monday, if you're having to do like really routine stuff, it's cool Sunday, you know, if you don't work on Sundays, just Whatever Uranus wants to come along and do, you're all good, you know. But if you have, like, this really rigid schedule or routine that you keep up, tasks that have to get done that are monotonous, that that may be where the challenge comes in. Because out of all the scattered brainness you may have going on, stuff still has to get done. 
So watch, be on the lookout for that as well. Um, being understood at, at a time like this just may not happen. I do want to reiterate that. So you may actually just want to hold off. If there's an important conversation, we're talking about Mercury and its higher octave here, Uranus. So with Mercury being communications and this, you know, kind of erratic Uranus energy, spontaneous, sporadic, if it has, if it's a, if it's a very important conversation, you may just want to push it off a little past Monday and just clear that energy a little bit. It's, it's because it's, it's there, and and now you know about it well in advance. Okay, uh, uh, not only just communicating something important to somebody like one on one, but even like in a group situation. If you have a presentation at work, just put it off a day. It'll be if the energy is not as potent the next day, then and it's kind of waning and lessening. Then obviously that'd be a better day than the day where the energy is potent and strong and powerful, and you know you can cut it with a knife. It's probably not the best energy to do it under. Um, you new information that's coming in. Uh, it may stimulate us in very wonderful and positive ways. We may get we may get a download of a of a new kind of idea, a, a fresh way of thinking that totally upsets whatever has been status quo in our lives and actually stimulates us into really new, powerful, positive ways of thinking. So don't let me, you know, get it, put it out there like it's just this crazy, horrible um, transit because it's not. None of, no transit I will ever discuss with you is. It's just how we choose to utilize these energies and how we choose to recognize those energies within ourselves and and really step into a more conscious level of our power, okay? Um, excitement, change to your daily routine, um, interactions that potentially can cause upsets and nervousness. Tension. I'm still describing this Mercury square Uranus energy before I move on to the next um, transit, just so y'all will be clear. I, I, the more I kind of throw out there, maybe something clicks, and when this Sunday comes up or even Saturday going into it, you notice something, or even this the rest of this week. <laughs> like stuff, I'm telling y'all, stuff can, energy tends to come by me early. I don't know why, but I honestly feel like, what this this Uranus the fact that Mercury is squaring Uranus has a wider significance because Pluto, which Mercury just got into um, Capricorn, where Pluto has been, and Pluto has been squaring Uranus over and over again for years now, for a while now. And this is like this final time. They're not even going to square exactly this time, but Uranus has been retrograding, getting closer to the square that it last had. And so with Uranus about to station direct next week um, on the holiday after full moon, it's going to start back going direct and the square to Pluto is going to start weakening, lessening, widening. But as we approach, it's slowing down now because it's about ready to turn station direct again. 
But um, I'm just mentioning that because this Uranus theme is extends beyond this square to Mercury. Okay, it extends to this square to Pluto that has been affecting all of us in a myriad of ways. I, uh, here a little later in the show, I am going to discuss the uh, where is it. Uh, I broke it down for the uh for my um, what are y'all called? Cardinal signs. Oh, it's this one. I'm gonna give y'all here for my Aries, my Cancers, my Libras, and my Capricorns. Those are all cardinal signs. Aries rules the first house. Cancer rules the fourth. Libra rules the seventh, and Capricorn rules the tenth. And if you are looking at an astrological wheel, you'll notice that the first, fourth, seventh, and tenth all form a cross. If you looked at the lines, it's really difficult to explain verbally, but how about this? Take that same astrological wheel. It's a circle, right? Put a line from top to bottom. That cuts it in half, and you got a half on the left and a half on the right. And then I want you to put a line from left to right. Now you just have four sections, right? That line going from left to right is denoting the relationship between the first and the seventh house or the Aries and the Libra house, okay? And that vertical line that went from top to bottom is denoting at the top the tenth house, the Capricorn house, and at the bottom, the fourth house, the cancer house, okay? So now you have a cross. And these are these represent the cardinal signs. Every cardinal sign, Aries, Cancer, Libra, Capricorn, uh, the energy of a cardinal sign is that it's an initiating energy. It sets it off. It starts it off. That's why you always hear me say that when I talk about Aries. I'm like, Aries don't need no introduction because that energy knows how to set it off. It knows how to start it off. may not know how to finish very well, but, hey, it can pop something off. So can cancer when it, when it comes to things that are, you know, related to that, uh, more cancer-related, more we can set things off when it comes to our inner world, our, that's at the very bottom of that circle, our inner world, what makes us comfortable, uh, our home and our family, our foundations, we can initiate things there with cancer. In the seventh house, we're able to initiate things with our relationships. That's what Libra is all about. We can initiate things when we need to harmonize, when we need to balance, Um that's the cardinal sign of, of Libra. And then Capricorn. And we all know Capricorn is the boss at the top of the chart, 10th house for all to see. <laughs> and so we're able to initiate things and set things off in our careers and in our public lives, that, uh, the, the areas of responsibility that we have publicly. And so uh, my dear cardinal signs, this Mercury-Uranus square uh, is going to bring excitement for you and it's going to bring change to your daily routine and interactions, okay? And these changes that it brings could potentially cause upset and nervous tension. That's what this Mercury square Uranus energy is about. So the p possibility and potentiality is there, I'm giving you a heads up. 
You could possibly receive shocking news for all my cardinal signs and or you could experience something unexpected that forces you to change plans, okay? I have a lot more for y'all than that, my dear cardinal signs, but that's just in general for all four of you, okay? Um, For everybody, I just want to uh, finish off on describing the energy real quick. Uh, Normal tempo of life that you're used to is going to increase. You can kind of look for that. Um, you may kind of feel like you're like this real kind of unsettled feeling, like you're playing catch up um, around uh, Sunday next week. Uh, know that this energy is adding to that. Okay, um, so like making plans and attending to that detailed paperwork uh, is is just not the best time for that. If you can put that off, just like the important you know talks or presentations. Do that. Um, you it may that that energy may be coming from within you to want to do something radical, different, you know, outside the box. That Uranus energy. So um, you may feel a need for excitement around this around this time that I'm referring to next week, um, or amusement, and and you know want to be a little less responsible, you know, and not have this mental energy pulling on you and draining you. So uh, others could be dealing with that very same thing and be distracted and not, and, and they let you down and not really want to have though that weight on them around this time because it's so potent and powerful and strong. Pluto is not playing. Pluto is hooked up with Uranus right now, gaining strength at the time of this Mercury square. Uranus right before Uranus stations direct. When it's at any planet, when it's stationing to retrograde or stationing back direct, it's the most potent being. Or when it obviously hits a personal point or planet in your chart, it's the most potent. And so um, uh, you may see it within yourself. You may see it within others, okay? Uh, But mishaps in communication, whether you're talking face-to-face, writing, typing, texting, misunderstandings are possible and could lead to arguments, okay? So just be on the lookout for that. Try to make every effort to be clear. And once again, if you can put it off, put it off. Um, it could be that there's so much being communicated that a vital piece of information is missed, okay, which leads to the wrong understanding being had on the other end. I'm just giving you all some more ways this could play out. Uh, Offending others, you know, is more likely to happen under influence like this or being offended. Um, But let's pick it up on our way out and just give you a few positive potentialities to look out for. Um, An increased ability to view things through a different perspective. With Uranus there, we're able to kind of see things differently, especially if it's kind of forced upon us. If you you have an unexpected and sudden change that you can't do anything about it, I bet you you'll find a new way to look at that thing and make it work on out. (laughs) Um, So, yeah, original ideas and breakthroughs are definitely available to us under this energy um, chance encounters with others, that unexpected, you know, meeting, because uh, Mercury is going to have that communication aspect to it. So it could be a really great unexpected communication instead of one you don't want to see coming. Um, 
if you do happen to develop, meet somebody around this time and begin to develop a friendship of some sort, uh, it may be short-lived, okay? That's why I, um, yeah, the postponing of any important meetings or, or appointments are going to just really help you around this time to alleviate a lot of the anxiety and stress that you may you know, be dealing with or would be dealing with if you didn't put the meeting or appointment off, okay? Um, if, if you're, Uranus and Aries may even, uh, with this alignment, may have you where you're wanting to make a bold statement. Don't do it around this time. Think twice if you do. But uh, if, if if you think twice and it, and it all checks out and you confirm that your spirit is like, go for it, go for it. If not, Put it off, and uh, when it's uh, Mercury also rules travel, and when you're adding sudden and unexpected with travel, I say double check those travel plans, make sure everything's set up and in place, and confirm that before you hop your butt on that uh, plane, train, or automobile. Uh, get the car checked out. You see what I'm saying? This is that kind of an energy where stuff could come up. Sudden and unexpected. Do what you can to to be stable. Not only the inner stability I was talking about, but if you can stabilize things on the outside too, cool. If you don't have to go anywhere around this time, you know, when I'm talking about planes, trains, and automobiles, don't. But if you do, double check that stuff in advance. Um, yeah, flexible, being remaining open minded is the key to dealing with unexpected events, okay? I don't care if it's the car breaking down, the printer jamming up, or somebody saying something to you that made you want to do some sudden and unexpected things to them. (laughs) The key is to stay open-minded and remain flexible. Now back to my beautiful cardinal signs. Um, I gave you all general information for all four for Aries specifically, this is taking place in the second deacon. 16 degrees is between 10 and 19. 10 and 19 is the span of degrees where the second deacon of any sign is, okay? And so with Aries, you've, I told you Uranus is in Aries. So for my Aries, y'all have been dealing with Uranus in your deacon, for my deacon too specifically, Y'all have been dealing with Aries in your sign from April 2013, and it'll be there until April 2016 of this coming year, right? And so then as of April 2016 to March 2019, Aries Deacon 3 got it. You'll have Aries in your deacon, and then it moves on from there, from May uh, 2019 to April 2021, Taurus Deacon 1 has it. You see what I'm saying? So it's just progressing through the signs right now. Um, and do, and retrograding for about five months every year also. Uh, so you've got Uranus in your deacon, um, Aries, uh, Aries deacon too. And so Pluto, you and you've got Pluto squaring your deacon. So Mars is now squaring your deacon also. And it's squaring your deacon, Aries deacon too. And for Aries deacon too, let me be clear. Um, your sun, your moon, or your if when I say Aries on this show, I mean people whose sun is in Aries, their sun sign, as well as people whose ascendant 
or rising sign is in between the 10 and 19 degrees of Aries. I'm talking to you. If your sun is there, more than likely you were born between around March 31st to April the 9th. And what I'm going to say, if you're born around March 30th, that's really close to the 31st, You could, this may kind of involve you too because it's moving through the deacons like um, uh, from one set of dates and degrees to another, okay? So my, my March 30th Deacon 1, this could apply to you too. Not all of Deacon 1, but right there at the end, right before you get to the second Deacon, which I'm talking about. Uh, for my Deacon 3s, what I'm about to say, uh, those born after April the 9th from the 10th through the rest of Aries, um, you're going to experience what I'm talking about later in the month. It's not for the week ahead, so I'm not going to target that information to you now. I'm simply mentioning it now to give you a heads up in the coming week. I'm going to be talking to my Aries Deacon 3s. Uh, for my Aries Deacon 2s and the people I included in that, um, concentration is maybe difficult for you, okay? You, you're you going to tend to be easily distracted. This is, I'm breaking it down more now towards these signs and deacons and how it's going to shift just a little bit for you more specifically, okay? Now, Pluto, I say it was squaring your deacon, and it has been since January 2013. It's squaring Aries and Libra, deacon two, since January 2013 to December 2018, okay? So Pluto's been squaring it and going to be squaring it for quite a while longer, okay? And with that... <clears throat> With Mercury joining it today, today, uh, as of today, through next Thursday, from the 16th through the 24th, Mercury is squaring your deacon that entire time, okay, Aries? And so it's going to create a deal of, of mental anxiety and difficulties when you're trying to communicate, and there is possibly a tendency to skip over important details, so important decisions. In this time frame for my Aries Beacon 2, just be mindful. I, you know, ideally, if you can put it off, put it off. But if you can't, just knowing that Mercury is squaring your entire Deacon, understand that that inherently brings communication challenges. Mercury, the planet of communications and travel and thinking in a square or a challenging aspect to where your sun, moon, or rising sign is, okay? So that's just a heads up. And then December 18th through the 21st specifically is, uh, you know, mer that Mercury squaring your deacon activating this Uranus-Pluto square. So the moon phase of the 25th, the full moon in Cancer, it may for my Aries deacon twos uh, have, have a more friendly and cooperative influence to it. But since you're dealing with this Mercury square, you still have this increased risk of argument and confusion. That's why I say especially, now that's, when I say from the 16th to the 24th, that's leading right up to. So if you, if my dear Aries Deacon 2 can just 
Keep it together, you know, as it relates to communication, travel. Keep it tight. Don't say, I wouldn't say no whole bunch of extra because that just increases the chance of growing up. And I wouldn't say make these big, bold type of declarations or anything. I wouldn't make any big communications during this time. Just regular, normal, day-to-day, got to do this, got to do this, got to get it done, got to say this. But the extra for my Aries Deacon 2, I would say just don't just monitor the extra, and I think you'll be all right going up into this full moon to where that, that, that it can be that friendly and cooperative influence that you are able to enjoy and participate in that takes you from the full moon to the next new moon of January the 9th with little to no extra, you know, communication and travel issues, okay? Um, Mercury conjunct Pluto for you. I told you about Mercury entered Capricorn, and it's about to line up with um, Pluto here at the end of the week. And that's going to add the depth and intensity to your thinking and communication. Uh, Aries Deacon 2, um, some nervous conditions are possible due to the intensity of your mind and the serious nature of the topics you may unearth. you got this really intense planet called Pluto that's been squaring Uranus for, for some years that's wrapping up its square here coming next week, and then you've got the planet of communication lining up with it. Communications on top of transformation, communications on top of death and rebirth, thinking about death and rebirth, communicating about it. It's all happening, and it's a lot of energy. Aries Deacon 2, take it easy, okay? Cancer Deacon 2, those born between July 2nd and 12th. Uh, For you, Mercury activating the Pluto Uranus square is something to look out for you, too. Um, but that that added depth and intensity to your thinking and communication uh, could cause power struggles for you, uh, Cancer Deacon 2, okay? Power struggles um, at the intellectual level, okay? And because you're dealing with Mercury and Pluto, not squaring like it was Aries, for you, dear Cancer uh, Deacon 2, it's opposing you. Mercury and Pluto are opposing either your son, your son, your ascendant. That's what I'm dealing with mostly. But you, if you're a woman, you may even want to look. If your moon is in these uh, in this area, you may want to look at that as well. But when you're dealing with opposition, you're dealing with the kind of a tug of war energy, an energy that needs to find balance, okay, Cancer Deacon 2, that's the key word for you, is to find the balance. Now you're talking about power struggles, potential power struggles coming up with Mercury conjunct Pluto here at the end of the week. Um, and so this could involve uh, thought projection or, or other nonverbal ways of dealing with people, okay, for you. Um, it, it could be, you know, just subtle, but on that same thought level and that, that same depth and intensity and power with Pluto. So just watch out for that. Uh, Pluto is opposing your deacon for the whole year. Um, and so this, you've already been feeling uh, the, this intensifying of your ego and this intensifying of these interactions that you're having because Pluto 
has been opposite you. Mercury is just joining up with it now, and that's why I'm giving you the heads up. Uh, you've been having Uranus square your deacon, and it's going to continue to square your deacon until April of next year. And this um, energy has been forcing unexpected change upon you, my dear Cancer Deacon 2s, and it's potentially increased your stress levels. So for you, starting today, December 16th through next Thursday, the 24th, that same kind of timeline I gave um, Aries, Mercury's opposing your deacon. And so it's bringing conflict, it's bringing tension, and it's a, and it's a busy time on top of that. So it's a lot. Um, it's a lot of energy opposing you, Cancer, that you're having to deal with. And your will and your ego are kind of at cross purposes right now to your rational thinking and how you express yourself. So it's going to be easier for you to offend somebody right now. You know, it's going to be easier for you to put somebody off, you know, at this time to be misunderstood. They may feel like you're being really selfish and annoying, but you think that they're the ones that's hard to get along with. So it's going to be that kind of thing when you're talking about tug of war and opposition and things of that nature. That's your challenge, Cancer Deacon, to balance it out. Be the balance. We're talking, when you're talking about opposition, I'm thinking of that line I told you all about, that horizontal line from the first to the seventh house, from Aries to Libra, from self, which is Aries, to Libra, which is others, relationships. And so to balance it out, what do you think that means, Cancer Deacon 2? It means, yes, think about yourself first. That's okay. That Maybe you are being a little selfish, and maybe it really is annoying other people. But consider them also. And that way you can kind of put yourself in their position. Yeah, I am being a little selfish. I don't feel bad about it. I'm not going to apologize for it. Yeah, it might be a little annoying. How can we balance this out? How can we make it work? How, what, what compromise needs to happen, okay? That's your key word, Cancer. Moving on to Libra. My other beautiful cardinal signs. I love my Libras. Libra Deacon 2. Those born between October the 3rd through the 12th, uh, y'all are kind of like Aries. Uh, if, if, you've, if you were born October 2nd, I'm including you. And then in, for my Deacon 3 Libras, uh, y'all, those at the very end of Libra, <clears throat> y'all are going to be experiencing what I'm about to discuss uh, for Libra Deacon 2s a little later in the month. Okay. And Libra, Deacon 2, y'all may notice the increased mental activity and communication, but with y'all having the square, Mercury squaring your deacon, Pluto squaring your deacon, and Uranus opposing you can add friction and tension in these areas. Friction and tension in the area of mental activity and communication, okay? Your thinking can be nervous or rushed, which may lead you to slip up in a conversation and not say exactly what you mean, uh, uh, which could in turn lead to other people getting the wrong idea and an increased chance of arguments or just not having matters resolved, okay? That's kind of what my dear Libras can expect. And uh, with Mercury retrograding for everybody, 
Mercury will be retrograding between January the 5th and 25th of next year, 2016. And so a lot of what you're experiencing, it's already in the shadow, let me tell you that now. So if you're having any Mercury transits to your personal planets or points, it's going to hit again. Let me get these dates. I had it up. I do have it. Yes. We got into the Mercury retrograde zone on December the 19th. Any Mercury transit to your personal planet or point since that date up until January the 5th, retrograding back through those degrees, it's going to hit it again somewhere between January the 5th and January the 25th. But here's the kicker. When it goes back to that 14 degrees of Capricorn, where it was December the 19th when I told you it entered the zone, it's going to hit it a third time on the way back from direct and getting out of the zone. So this is what I'm telling you this for, because whatever Mercury, you know, transits you're having now, whatever you're experiencing around the areas of communication, travel, thinking, you're going to get a couple of more chances <laughs> to get it right, experience it, you know, perfect that thing. It's going to hit two more times uh, with Mercury going into retrograde. It's in the shadow now. January the 5th at 8 a.m. Eastern time, so that's 7 Central. Um, it'll be at 1 degrees Aquarius. That'll be as far as it got. And now it's going to be going back through these. It only got into the first degree of Aquarius, so it's going to go back to zero degrees Aquarius. It's going to go back to 29 degrees Capricorn, 28 degrees, until it gets back to 14. When it gets to 14 on January the 25th at 4.44 p.m. Eastern, 3.44 Central, uh, it's going to station direct and go right on back from 14 degrees Capricorn, right on back through 15, all the way up to 28, 29, zero degrees Aquarius, okay? And by February the 14th, 1.35 p.m. Eastern, 12.35 Central, it'll be leaving the zone that it entered on December the 19th, and it'll be in all-new territory. It'll finally get to two degrees Aquarius, Okay because it stopped at 1 on the 5th of January and went back to 14 degrees Capricorn by January 25th. So I'm giving you all this information so you all can kind of see with Uranus um, retrograde right now about to station, we say stationing, these larger, these uh, outer lying planets, they move a lot slower. So Uranus is slowing down now in preparation to hit direct next week, Okay. That's when it slows down, when it's stationing. That's when you feel it. That's why I'm taking so long on this very first transit, Mercury square Uranus, because it, it's, it's nothing to wink at. You, Everybody knows something about Mercury square Uranus, whether they know they know it or not. <laughs> and so I'm just giving you a little bit of a heads up on how to maneuver through it all, okay? Uh, but, yes, for my cancers, uh, I apologize, my Libra Deacon 2s. Um, I just wanted to mention that because the Mercury squaring your Deacon, like it is for Aries, I mean, it, it just, you're going to keep on feeling it <laughs> for a little while. And so you might as well start now 
learning how to perfect these. And when I say perfect, I I don't know how you have perfect communication with anybody, but I just mean to work on it. It takes work. I don't know about y'all, but for me not to say something slap crazy to somebody, it kind of takes effort to start that process in my brain where I tell myself to shut up first off and to start down a whole nother train of thinking where I say shut up from what I was going to say or wanted to say, and I now think how can I communicate most effectively in this moment with this person in the way that they best understand that you know, y'all know that we all communicate and receive communications differently. So I'm taking my time with my Libras and my Aries, and I'm telling y'all, y'all going to have to put in that work on communications if y'all don't want to have, by the time <laughs> by the time Mercury gets into new territory after, if you don't want all of your relationships to have burnt to the ground by February the 15th, <laughs> then my strong suggestion, especially for my Aries and my Libras, is to focus on effective communication from now. Look, because it went in the zone on December 19th. So from December 19th to February 14th, watch that Aries and Libra, for real. Mercury is literally squaring your deacon and and just going to keep hitting it. As Mercury goes forward, back, or forward, back, just hit, 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 hit. And how you respond now is going to dictate how this the how it's gonna go when it hits two more times. That's why I'm making a big deal out of it. It's kind of a big deal. Um when it does hit later on, uh you, you uh for my Libras, y'all also have like this aggressive Mars transit going on right now. Uh, so it, it'll be, let me give you a heads up that when it does hit again, Mars won't be influencing like it is right now. And so it should be uh, a, a little bit better as it goes along for you, especially dear Libra, Deacon 2, okay? Um, for you with having Uranus opposed your Deacon, Uranus is in Aries. I'm talking to my Libras. That's, that's that Uranus-Libra axis I was telling you all about, first and seventh house. Um, stability and security may be, you know, difficult. May be difficult for you uh, right now, and it's going to be going on till April 2016. Uranus opposing your deacon, okay? Um, stability and security within and in the material world, uh, within your own psyche and and within your relationships, you may be experiencing difficulty maintaining stability and security, and that is why. Okay, Uranus is opposing your deacon until April 2016. Pluto is squaring your deacon, has been squaring your deacon. And so for my Libras who've been experiencing, you know, this year as a year of extreme forces uh, in the form of other people and circumstances, which have made you feel like you need to stand up and be counted, um, that that is a contributing factor with Pluto squaring your deacon and Mars is joining it. Now, Mars is squaring your deacon from that same period today, December the 16th, 
to, and you could definitely, my Deacon Sue Libra's been, uh, did I give the date for Deacon Sue uh, Libra? Yeah, uh, because I included October the 2nd through the 12th. And my Deacon Three Libras will be experiencing this a little later in the month. Um, but for you guys with Mar- Mercury squaring, it's that same kind of thing, scattered thinking, leading to communication problems. Uh, for you specifically, my dear Libra Deacon Twos, do not allow anybody to rush you into making a decision, okay? Because right now with your scattered thinking that could lead to the communication problems, you're not going to have the mental capacity or wherewithal or the patience mentally to understand all the details and the ramifications. So do not let anybody rush you. If you need to take till after February the 15th, do what you got to do, uh, Libra Deacon 2, and, and definitely seek professional advice if necessary because uh, – just make sure they're not a Libra Deacon too also, <laughs> but seek professional advice and you, you can ha- have somebody who uh, has a clear head about things and is not feeling mentally rushed or scattered in their thinking help you in areas where you can't afford to put it off until after February 5th or until after April 2016. How about that? Um, so most specifically for you um, also, Libra Deacon 2s, it's not going to be the best time to make plans at all, uh, any detailed paperwork. You're just mentally not going to be able to. I mean, if you can, cool, go for it. But if you are Libra Deacon 2 and this Mercury Uranus square really puts that energy on you like that, and I, I, I hate to say it like that because I do not want to be one of those astrologers that purports that the planets do anything at all to you whatsoever. They do not. They are definitely representing energies that are already a part of us uh, individually as well as collectively. Um, But when the energy is there, it's just there. And so I just want to give you all a heads up about it. Uh, Same kind of deal I've been saying. Capricorn, uh, Deacon 2s, those born between January 1st and 10th, I don't have any new or specific information for you except to say, you know, pretty much everything I've already said, just that it, it applies to you too. There's just nothing new and specific. It all applies to you as well, my Deacon 2 Capricorn. And with that, I would like to jump into what's happening after Sunday the 20th, Sunday night, 9.07 p.m., you got the Mercury in a square. Monday night, 10.48 p.m. Central Standard Time, pretty much 24 hours later, the winter solstice. Woo-hoo! Happy solar return to all my Capricorns that um, have the, that start off the Capricorn season, the Capricorn sign, zero degrees. So, yeah, that's pretty cool for so many reasons. Um, For the Southern Hemisphere, by the way, the winter solstice or their solstice is in June, okay? The solstice is in June. Uh, But for us in the Northern Hemisphere, it's December 21st this year, 
Um, the sun, this, this kind of signifies, not kind of, it signifies the sun not only entering Capricorn, but it signifies the sun lining up the galactic center. Um, now, the galactic center is actually at 28, 29 degrees Sag, and um, Sag is kind of, it's in the direction towards the galactic center of the Milky Way, okay? And each year at this time, it creates a renewal of energy. As I'll explain later, it kind of like a new moon energy where the moon is completely dark again, like it, um, like it, what just was here on December the 11th. And, and as you can see in the night sky, it's just waxing fuller and fuller up until um, the holidays. And so um, it's, it's, it's kind of like a new moon where there's this like renewal of energy at a new moon. The moon's all blacked out, you know, unless you can kind of know where to look in the sky and you can, see where it is anyway, but for the most part, you don't see any of it, and um, and so as it's waxing full like it is now, it's this divine opportunity for, for new energy, but in order for there to be new energy, the old energy has to die, right? That's Pluto. That's the death and the rebirth. You don't really have death without this new thing coming along, and so that's where we're going to be at next Monday night, and and. Uh, the sun still, the sun, let's see, how do I want to explain this? It Well, let me throw this in there. It is considered the longest night of the year, okay? And some people say it's like the sun dies. Obviously, the sun doesn't die. But we have this longest night, and it's been honored. It's it's like a long-honored tradition, and I mean, you know, centuries old um, that that people have t- taken this time of the year to really do some sacred things to honor this energy renewal, okay? Um, this is the first time I've ever explained winter solstice, y'all, so just bear with me. <laughs> Um, solstice is in Latin It actually means sunset still Okay, so when I'm talking about a renewal of energy And something kind of dying or set I'm talking about the sun setting still So it can come alive again, so to speak, okay Uh, Because as as, as the strength builds the days do grow longer eventually. But right now, at the time of the solstice, it's a time more of resting, okay? It's not a building time. It's a rest and reflect time. It's that darkness, like you would think of the new moon, the darkness of the moon. It's that fruitful darkness um, out of which new life can eventually emerge. This winter solstice won't be the time for that new life, but it's leading up to that. That's what's signaling to you that new life has come. But you've got this period of rest and reflection that tw- uh, 1221 sets off, okay? December 21st. Um, Sun, for all intents and purposes, is being reborn. Um, everything kind of, the, the whole silent night thing relates to this energy. It's kind of this dormant, 
silent night of a time, the sacred time of rest before awakening, and it's and it's signaling this very slow build towards longer days, okay? So this time of year, the winter solstice is associated with light. You don't think so? Drive through your neighborhood right now and how many houses are lit up. This is not a coincidence. The lighting of candles, the light at the top of a tree maybe. So we're talking like string lights, sparklers, candles. It's no coincidence. It came from somewhere. We didn't just wake up one day and decide we wanted to string lights on our house. We're getting these concepts from these ancient rituals, okay? Um, These lights are kind of even subconscious reminders to our spirit that remembers and knows these things, right? Um, Reminders of the inner light and the hope for the return of sunny days. You got to remember uh, our ancient brothers and sisters, what they might have been thinking when these astrological and planetary phenomenon like uh, the luminary sun kind of hiding from them. Like, where did it go? Where is it? Why is it taking so long? It normally doesn't take this long. And so these transitions and changing changes happen. And then there are external or material reminders like lights and candles and things of that nature, um, celebrations. Uh, some of the timeless traditions during the season of the winter solstice that could be referred to or may have been referred to as the dark season, uh, these light celebrations were thought to kind of be an attempt to balance out the sunless gloom of winter. So they're like lighting candles and stringing up lights or however they did it to kind of signal it's not going to always be this dark night of the soul. It's not going to always be this rest, you know, filled, quiet night of reflection. So they lit a candle or strung up lights to remind them, the sun is, look, the days will, the sun is going to be reborn, okay? The awakening is coming. The longer days are coming. So don't see when the sun enters Capricorn, y'all, guess what? Capricorn is ruled by Saturn. Saturn is a real, can be a real depressive energy. Know any Capricorn? (laughs) Capricorn can be a real stick-in-the-mud energy. It can be a real gloomy, uh, serious, depressive energy. So winter solstice, initiates the sun going into Capricorn. Capricorn season is set off by the winter solstice. So then we're looking to the light, right? We're looking to the light at the point of of most darkness for the hope, for the hope of the return of the sun or the return of sunny days, okay? Uh, Also, the feasting that we do around this time. Didn't get that from nowhere. That, that all these things that people want to say, astrology is crazy and it's not real and it's a hoax and it's okay. Wonder where, wonder where it came from. While you sitting there feasting at the holidays, all these you got one holiday season we just went through. We got one coming up next week. Fast forward a week from there, you got a whole another one. We starting off a 
a new year, depending on which country you're in. And so these celebrations are kind of, these seasonal gatherings kind of help carry us through the dark time of the year, so to speak. It's normal to feel a little tinge of sorrow at life's endings or season's endings here at the dying time of the year. And I'm using these words that obviously we relate to people sometimes and stuff like that, but I'm using these in the context of the astrological events taking place, particularly the winter solstice. And so parties and all the gatherings we do just remind us that we're all in it together. We're all in the dark together, y'all. <laughs> we're all waiting on the these sunnier days and the, the sunlight, the longer days. We're all in it together. And so it gives us a sense of belonging, these these energetic events, feeling of being a part of a tribe, a, a bonding of us uh, like a, a deep bond, like family, okay? Um, the light of the sun begins a new solar cycle at winter solstice, okay? Um, it's also mirrored, what's happening uh, energetically and astrologically is also mirrored in nature, Obviously, you can see that um, night is, which is what they refer, is what you may hear the winter solstice referred to as the longest night, is a definite fruitful time for setting intentions just like you would at a new moon, okay? And it's going to get whatever, uh, you know, you're, you're planting or conceiving now at the time of the winter solstice can grow with like that waxing moon after the new moon and it starts waxing fuller, just like that, it can grow, those intentions can grow with the the light of the sun and these days getting longer, okay, and really gain that momentum for the spring when we pop off uh, with the spring equinox, okay? It's like the dark, the winter solstice is like the dark before the dawn and it can really be a powerful time of magic that draws in whatever you'd like to see happen in the, in the new year. Whatever you want to check on from winter solstice to the spring equinox and and be able to say, you know what, I did that. Huh. I planted that seed. Uh, look, I, I, I fooled around. I, I, <laughs> I have a new graphic. If you can see the... Uh, the um, what is that thing called? Not a playlist, a slideshow. If you're online and you can see the slideshow for today's show, you'll see one of my newer graphics. Which I really don't want to cuss on the radio, y'all. I try real hard not to cuss on the radio, but one of the graphics is FWM for you know, fool with me, and so fool with mama daughter astrology, right? And so, um. Y'all, I got stuff going on over here. I forgot what I was, where I was going with that. But fool with me, it's it's always a good time to say that. So, <laughs> uh, but yeah, do do it big if you can for winter solstice. Like, dig into it. Uh, you know, researching some of the stuff, especially as it relates to traditions that are more cultural and specific to you, because that's just going to add potency to it. That's all that's going to do because you're lining up with, like, your ancestors and stuff and doing stuff they used to do. So that would be real cool. It's all your, your Krima stuff, your Hanukkah stuff, your Kwanzaa stuff, 
New Year's stuff, all all those holiday traditions have their roots in the winter solstice celebrations, traditions, and rituals of yesteryear, okay? So just know that. Uh, the solstice festivals in ancient times were like the last big feast before food became scarce during the harsh winter months. So, you know, you're thinking, oh, we just get together and eat this time of year. Well, guess what? It came from somewhere. Um, and a lot of it just continues on to this very day, light with the all complete with all the lights, feasts, dancing, and singing, and spending quality, quality time with, with those that we love, just like they did. Um, yeah. Y'all probably going to feel it, too, because it's like the sun and sad. It's all fun and adventurous and fiery and flirty and awesome. <laughs> um, I'm not biased at all. And then it just this drastic thing. I'm mentioning it because, I mean, check in with me. Holler at me. Should be a message or something. Is it, is it like this? It's this drastic shift from fire Fiery side, cold Capricorn, Jupiter and Saturn. So, you know, I'm putting little stuff like like that out there so y'all can get a concept and an idea of this shift where we're no longer in the fall. Sag wraps up the fall. It's a good, it's, it, we're flexible now. Sag is a, a, a mutable energy. And then we're going into caps that's cardinal and ready to set some stuff off, and we're going to need that to carry us through. Um, we're not, you know, farm. A lot of us aren't farming and stuff anymore, and we're not, like, worried about not eating over the winter. But, you know, um, that energy is still there. People who, you know, kind of may get depressed around the holidays and stuff like that. So just be aware that that, that drop-off, is potentially why. Look at the timeline on that. The holiday is on what, the 25th, Christmas? And the solstice is on the 21st, 22nd, depending on your time zone. And you wonder why. Did you ever want ask yourself, hmm, I wonder why people tend to get depressed around the holidays. Well, shoot. The sun just went from everybody party sag, <laughs> everybody let's go on a wild adventure sag, and just bam, Capricorn, serious, mature, <laughs> you know, um, boundaries and restrictions, and it's just different. It's just drastically different. Um, Pluto, let's see. Um, when Pluto went through Sag. Let me tell y'all real quick. When Pluto went through Sag between 1995 and 2008, guess what we got? The Internet. Okay? So there's this planet of transformation, death and rebirth, that we that went through the sign of Sagittarius and we got Internet, right? Because the Sag is Jupiter. It's expansion. It's growth and development. That's what happened. That was a transition. That was a transformation of our growth and development that we got the Internet when Pluto was going through Sag between 95 and 08. Saturn is in Sag right now. Before now, it was in Sag last, 
November 1985 through February 1988. And our our world, you know, of course, uh, had drastic deaths and expansion and change that was created then. And so from now, with Saturn being in Sag up until January of 2017, you know, the necessary changes that, um, well, while the sun is still in Sag up until it goes into Capricorn mentioning it, um, the necessary change in our lives in order for us to live the destiny of Saturn and Sag is going to be occurring, okay? Capricorn is really karmic. And um, so at one, once the winter solstice hits, and we're in this very destined and karmic period of time, um, it's just going to be a lot of energy. Um, uh, Once we pass that point of the galactic center, energetically we we may just feel like there's nothing blocking anything from happening anymore. And so a lot of action is going to be going on. So I'm just, it's another heads up. For, for some of y'all, this may not mean much. For those who would like to dig a little further and maybe look at how it's affecting their chart, this transition, and how the sun in Capricorn versus the sun in Sag may affect you. If you're concerned at all, don't hesitate to contact me. Um, yeah, I'm just mentioning the Saturn in Sag um, energy with the sun there because Winter solstice signifying the sun in Capricorn. Obviously, it's the end of Sag season, but it's not the end of the Sag energy because Saturn's still going to be there playing a part. When the sun goes into Capricorn, the ruling planet is potentially triggered, which is Saturn and Sag, so it's connected. I'm not talking about winter solstice and the sun going in Capricorn just to talk about Sag to throw y'all off. It is connected. Um, Saturn and Sag is the definition of positive changes and things happening in the world. Um, it may not be easy. Saturn is hard work and discipline, but it will be positive. Um, <laughs> any of the pessimists out there won't be uh, expecting the positive changes that are coming, but they are coming. Um Yeah, so with the sun going out of Sag uh, in the winter solstice, like, okay, y'all remember when people thought the world was going to end December 12th of, uh, December 21st of 20, kind of thing, where the the sun, for all intents and purposes, dies. I'm I'm using metaphorical stuff right here. Uh, And then it's it's being reborn by the winter solstice and the days getting longer and stuff like that slowly but surely. But um, the light, the light, the light, there's a huge amount of light and activity uh, really close to where all this is taking place at the winter solstice. And so, um, sorry, y'all, I got my notes jumbled up. But um, Sag being a fire sign, it's going to relate to relationships, 
and connection through warmth and character, okay? Um, as opposed to, like, this cold and introverted um, energy. So we'll be, you know, we're, we're chatty right now. We're friendly. We're receptive and open to the right connections for the next phase of our lives. And... Um, pretty much it for that, you guys. Uh, I, I guess I'm just running out of juice here right now. I told y'all at the beginning of the show, but I I really did not want to cancel this show or postpone it. We got the winter solstice coming up next week. I do want to mention on my way out, uh, Thursday the 24th of next week, we have a Venus-Jupiter sextile uh, exact at 4.03 a.m. Central Standard Time. Um this is the last time we're going to have it this year, and we're only going to have it twice next year. So let me just mention real quick, this particular alignment is associated with the full moon. So around the holidays, you've got the full moon on that day. we got Uranus stationing direct at the end or the next day, depending on your time zone. And right before that, on the 24th, we've got Venus sextiling Jupiter. So good for you, um, good for us. It's holiday season, and this alignment denotes uh, favored, uh, it favors socializing. It increases our charisma, charm, and popularity. So, like, yeah, if you have a date, um, you know, Thursday is ladies' night. <laughs> so mama, daughter's ladies out there, you know, good night to maybe go out. Um you're probably going to be feeling and looking your best. Um, sex uh, would be probably really powerful right about now uh, or right about then, around the 24th. And uh, you're going to probably feel and come across as more attractive than usual. So it's a great alignment for dating if you're single. Um, you can easily make friends, um, and and it'll be a more genuine. The friends you make now, it'll be like more genuine and and very mutually beneficial for all parties involved. Uh, if you're going on a journey of any kind, it's favored, especially if it's long distance. And you could uh, broaden your outlook and learn a lot about some different cultures right about now. Money investments are also favored. Um, Uh, but if you want to apply some growth to those investments and good fortune, um, if if, you, if the investments are in, like, higher education and, and in the law, which is uh, Jupiter ruled, then even better. Um, so, yeah, any interactions or dealings that you have around Thursday with this Venus-Jupiter um, sextile, a really harmonious alignment, is going to feel very satisfying to you more than likely, and it will be really easy to get along and cooperate. That's wonderful. Um, if, if I would give you all one heads up about this transit, because we are talking about Venus here, which is love and money. Who doesn't love that? And we are talking about Jupiter here, which is talking about expanding and growing and advancing your love and money. That's awesome. Only caveat to that is that <laughs> Venus already likes, you know, the luxury to kind of enjoy herself. And then Jupiter is like even more so. So just watch uh, any tendencies toward excessiveness, um, especially when you're talking about uh, sugar, 
and anything addictive. Just watch it under this influence on Thursday because on, on Thursday it's going to be like more, 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 more money, more love. That's that's where I'm going to be on. <laughs> and so, yeah, I definitely can't end the show. We got 30 minutes left, and it's just enough time to talk about this full moon. And this full moon in Cancer is going to be so good because it's on the holiday. It's in Cancer. I just told y'all when I was going through the cardinal signs the cancer's at the bottom of the chart. It rules the fourth house, our inner private life, but it also rules our homes, family, family of origin, ancestors, all that stuff. And it's on the holiday. So it's so cool the energy all lines up this year. Um, the full moon is critical because of the new moon that we just had on the 11th. The new moon was in Sag. We all embarked, whether figuratively or actually and literally, on these new adventures of whatever kind. And we're, you know, ready to expand and explore. We've been on that. And especially in our relationships, especially in our relationships. And we got this, not only do we have uh, that Mercury-Pluto alignment this weekend on the 19th, on Saturday, the day before that, we have the first quarter moon, which is in between that new moon of the 11th, smack dab in between the new moon of of the 11th and the full moon of the 25th. It's all on Fridays. New moon on the 11th Friday. We're having that first quarter moon this Friday on the 18th and that full moon in Cancer on the 25th, the very next Friday after that. And so we've got this pivotal point in between the new moon and the full moon that we're coming up on here in a couple of days on the 18th Friday that is in Aries. Uh, I apologize, the first quarter moon is in Pisces, but right after that the moon does go into Aries. So we'll be at this point of action and clearing in between what we've initiated a week ago and where we want to be by the time the holy days come. By by this, by Friday of next week on the holiday, what, what about your intentions for your relationships that you said at the new moon are you hoping to have manifested and realized by the full moon. I do have some full moon horoscopes for you guys, and this time I grouped them according to um, elements. So I'm going to do all my fire signs, all my earth signs together. I just switched it up. But that full moon is going to be critical because it's going to tell on you. It always does tell on us. Whatever we've been building with the waxing of this moon, as that, as you go, see at night, that moon is just getting fuller and fuller. It's a little more white that you can see all the time, a little bigger. And what is growing in you, in your relationships, along with that? When you get to this first quarter moon here at the end of this weekend, you have you hit this challenge or you hit this point where you turn this corner. I always, when, it, when y'all hear me talk about the quarter moon, y'all talk about me it's that 90 degrees, just like a corner in the room of your, whatever room you're in now. That corner is 90 degrees. And when you hit that corner, you're going to have to turn, especially if 
you're not if if when this turn comes if if when you hit that corner that you see you know I got to make an adjustment uh, from where I originally set my intentions to where I want to be by the time of the new moon because at the point of this challenging square. I see that things are just a little bit off and I'm not necessarily getting the results that I want. Because I promise y'all, by the time the holiday comes, uh, you're going to want that harmony in the relationships. You're going to want to be able to just enjoy your family and friends and not really just have this extra drama going on. So let's not only this first quarter moon, but let this Mercury-Pluto conjunction alignment the very next day Um, On Saturday, uh, like I said, go back to last week's show. I go really in-depth on it and give horoscopes and everything. But Saturday at 12.56 p.m. Central Standard Time, Saturday afternoon, is going to be exact. And so I'd be looking for it all Saturday, just that the powerful and potency in our communications, travel, and thinking uh, and depending on how Mercury and Pluto are aspecting you, like I went through the cardinal signs and said, Mercury is square. Mercury and Pluto are squaring you. Mercury and Pluto are opposing your sun sign, opposing your ascendant. Uh, then you'll kind of better know how to navigate through that if you want some specifics about you specifically, how Mercury and Pluto lining up this Saturday is going to, you know, energetically affecting your chart. Don't hesitate to contact me. Um, I did mention the the delay. I've got this appointment tomorrow. I'll be gone for most of the day, but I'm getting everything done um, just as soon as I can. And I think I only have one report that I'm I need to send out. Um, so let me get back to this full moon so I can hit y'all up with this energy before my little 25 minutes runs out. Hour 25 minutes. Um, so, yeah, I mentioned the Sag New Moon because it's inextricably linked to the full moon in Cancer next week. And um, it, we, we're, we've been on a journey since the new moon, and we're learning through our relationships, through all of our relationships, where we belong. Events that have been unfolding since that new moon of the 11th have been unfolding to ensure that we're at home, that full moon in cancer that represents the home. It's making sure these circumstances, events, and situations that we've been experiencing since 12-11, the new moon, all the way up until next week's full moon, are ensuring that we're at home, that we feel at home. And and it's ensuring that we will experience Experience the changes in our relationships that are necessary in order to create harmony, peace, and stability in our lives, okay? By the time the full moon occurs, the sun's going to be in Capricorn. So we're still talking about karma. We're still talking about destined events when we're talking about Saturn. And we're talking about Saturn because we're talking about Capricorn, which Saturn rules. So we got Mercury and Pluto in an area of space that is considered karmic or destined. And so everyone's going to be exactly where their karmic destiny has for them to be. We're right where we're supposed to be. Uh, it's a, check, 
check yourself by the time of the full moon next week. That's where you're supposed to be, one way or the other, based on our decisions, our choices, and the progress and, and our karma and our destiny. Okay. Um, any changes happening prior to in this two-week period between the new moon and the full moon is just going to ensure even that, that even if we're not where we want to be or feel like we're supposed to be, this full moon is going to make sure energetically that we get back home to where we're supposed to be, okay? Because uh, the full moon is going to shine the light. A full moon is going to shine the light on what good, bad, ugly, and we, and we won't look. Then you can't, we can't say we don't know. We don't know. Well, how do we get here and how do we move from here? The full moon is going to shine the light, good, bad, ugly, one way or the other. Uh, a full moon already denotes inherently in it relationships. Full moon, new moon, inherently already about relationships, okay? And so <clears throat> this particular one at three degrees of cancer um, it really has a strong focus on love and friendship. Um, and all the kind of astrology that, you know, we've got the full moon, and that means the sun and the moon are opposing each other, but then we've got all these different planetary bodies, stars, asteroids, and they're all in their respective places. And at the time of this full moon, there's a lot of other planetary bodies, luminaries, energies, that are in positions that denote or could be interpreted in very very similar ways as the new moon in Cancer. I'm saying that to say that the energy of this particular full moon is very much supported and co-signed and reiterated and confirmed within other planetary placements at the at the same time of the full moon as well. So what I'm about to tell you about the full moon is like you can take it to the bank because it's being supported by so many other things going on in the sky almost as, as if to say, well, we second that motion and I, you know, I, <laughs> um, everything is kind of being very supportive at this full moon. So like I say, one way or the other, we're going to know where we belong by the time um, next week comes. Uh, it's a very ideal full moon for strengthening the bonds of any existing relationship. And it's also a very ideal full moon for finding a new romantic partner. So once again, that Venus sextile Pluto that I, um, I apologize, Venus sextile Jupiter that I just told y'all about before the full moon information, that's a part, of, I told y'all, that's a part of the full moon astrology. And that very information about Venus Jupiter is supported in the full moon astrology. So once again, like I told you with Venus Jupiter, with the full moon astrology, socializing in general is favored as well. Um, it's a particularly good moon phase for negotiating peaceful settlements to dispute. I mean, we've got this beautiful, lovely, expansive Jupiter-Venus energy. So our love is expanded and our money is expanded. And so it's a really good moon phase for negotiating peaceful settlements to dispute, finding common ground in business or legal matters, okay? Um, 
the full moon shines a light on not only just situations and people and things, but just even in- inwardly, uh, we're able to take a more objective and balanced look at ourselves, our personal relationships. We're able to be more in touch with our own needs and intentions and those of others, and we're able to see way more clearly at the full moon any relationship imbalances. That's why I say good or bad, it's going to shine a light. Um Definitely a, a beautiful full moon uh, that has an emphasis on close relationships and cooperation, okay? Um, there's a theme of closeness and friendly communications with this full moon um, astrology, and it promotes um, open communication, love, and kindness. There's a public appeal with this um, energy, so, you know... Like I said, we're going to be coming off as way more attractive <laughs> around this time, and uh, it'll probably be just a lot easier to get along. So uh, if you if you need public appeal for any particular reason, you have an endeavor or project or whatever, hey, this is your time to shine, so to speak, in, in more ways than one. Um, with the, full, the light of the full moon on you. And um, we also have uh, the ability to express ideas in reasonable and acceptable ways with this, which win because of their manifest intelligence. So Venus, like I said, it smooths stuff over. Venus, like, has this softening kind of, when you have a Venus transit, it, you know, you're a little bit more at ease. It's, like, easier. And so with Jupiter expanding the Venus influence, that could ha- make it a little easier and sweeter in our dealings with others. Um, this is a really good full moon uh, for making new friends, like I said, tightening the bonds of any existing relationship. And if if this full moon is aspecting your personal natal horoscope, well, you're more than likely going to feel very elegant and enjoy, and you're really going to be able to sit in, inside of and enjoy and increase popularity more more so than all of us are in general going to be enjoying it. Um, it's a really ideal time for writing, for giving speeches or presentations, um, and for sharing ideas and teaching. The light is going to be on you, Okay. Um, at the time of this full moon, Venus is going to be the star of this minor grand trine show that the sky is putting on, okay? Um, you've got Venus in the middle, you've got Mercury on one side, and Jupiter on the other. It's not a grand trine because Mercury and Jupiter are only sextiling Venus and not trining Venus. And so... Um, let me double check that. Yeah, Mercury and Jupiter are trining, but in their trine, they are both sextiling Venus. And so instead of being a grand trine, it's considered a minor grand trine, but grand and trining nonetheless. Trine is the most harmonious aspect known in astrology, so this is a good thing I'm saying here. <laughs> Um, the minor grand trine is more dynamic. It's actually more dynamic than the grand trine. Uh, but it still suggests that talent and skill add ex- 
expressing and achieving love and understanding and kindness, okay? It represents, this minor grand shine represents a work in progress as our skills have not been fully developed as with the regular grand shine. Those skills, it can be interpreted as fully developed in a minor grand shine. It's considered a work in progress. So take it easy when it comes to these relationships. Around the holidays, don't force a good time. You don't have to. Let it. Understand it's not going to culminate into fullness and fruition in the ultimate grand scheme of things next Friday. But it's you'll see, you'll still see that love, understanding, and kindness emerging, okay? The spotlight is still going to be shining on that. It's just don't. Expect perfection. How about that? I'll put it like that. Um, creative expression, intelligence, all that's favored. Um, uh, minor grand trines strive for love and harmony. So keep that as a, a reminder of focus. Um, and Mercury and Jupiter being a part of it just brings the talent for creativity and communication, okay, which is already associated with minor grand trines in general. So once again, the different components of this full moon astrology are just backing each other up, okay? Um, Curry trine and Jupiter is really fueling the Venus fire, so... I would focus on that. You know, Venus represents love and money, and if Mercury trying Jupiter is fueling that love and money, then um, I, I would focus on that. And what Mercury trying Jupiter is bringing is optimism and good news, okay? Mercury trying Jupiter is bringing optimism, looking at things higher, and good news your way. So research, study, socializing, all that's favored. Making plans is favored because of the good instinct and future-oriented and positive thinking associated with Mercury, Trine, Jupiter. It's a really good time, ideal time, to clean up and organize, okay, anything uh, from your office to your whole life, okay. Then I already went into the Venus sextile Jupiter. It's just excellent for making love, partying, uh, warm and happy feelings inside that you want to share, it's also I didn't mention a good indicator of luck, um, good luck, and the, and receiving gifts, money, compliments. Okay, uh, everybody's just gonna be probably in a really generous mood and not greedy or selfish at all around this time. And it's just they won't know what hit them. I can't wait. <laughs> um, and then Mercury is uh, like I said, sextiling Venus, and that that just adds to the enjoyability of socializing and um, a greater ability to kind of express yourself when it comes to love and affection. It's just all this energy just adding and adding. I, I'm excited. And then for the horoscope, here we go, y'all. We're going to start out with water with our dear Pisces. Look at y'all. Y'all thought I was going to do Pisces at the end. I flipped it. Okay. Full moon in Cancer, which is a fellow water sign to Pisces. 
means that my Pisces, uh, and these are coming from uh, the Dark Pixie Astrology. I love their horoscopes, and y'all seem to like them as well. Um, and I just tend to take their horoscopes and break down more uh, and emphasize more what house or what area of life each of the signs should be looking towards around the time of this full moon for certain energies to manifest or show up, okay? For Pisces, fellow water sign to Cancer, you're going to be able to take a love relationship to the next level or decide to call it quits. Uh, You see something, you may see something end for your child, if you have any. You may become more committed to a hobby or give one up, and you can be more inspired in general. You need to give yourself, dear Pisces, time to do the things you love with this full moon. Otherwise, you become the Grinch who stole Christmas, and you get grumpy, and you act out like a child. So, my dear Pisces, look into fifth house keywords. Fifth house is ruled by Leo. Leo is ruled by the sun. Um, Fifth house Leo sun talks about um, children. It talks about romance and dating. Fifth house rules creativity, um, creations of all kinds, even children, their creations, procreations. And so look into Fifth House Matters, um, dear Pisces, and uh, it's saying, it's, she's, the, the author is saying about giving something up or deciding possibly to call a relationship quits. Like I said, one way or the other, the light of the full moon is going to shine on whatever it hits. It's not going to discriminate. So good or bad, when, once you see what you see, Pisces, you may go one direction or the other. My second water sign, Scorpio, Cancer, um, is a fellow water sign to you, of course. And this uh, full moon is occurring, and the moon will be in your ninth house. And so my Scorpios can finish up a course of study, um, could come home if you're overseas. Uh, Scorpios could settle a legal dispute. Scorpio or Scorpio rising, and you can be more optimistic about issues you're dealing with because the ninth house is ruled by Jupiter and Sag, so you have access, Scorpio, to some uh, positive energy uh, that the rest of us may not necessarily uh, as much, and you can have a stronger tie to your beliefs with this energy, okay? Intensity with the positivity. So I'm not too worried about (laughs) y'all. All right, for my Scorpios, this is a full moon in your sign, okay? And so this is the time of year where you reap what you sow, Cancers. Um, Technically, this would be the point where six months ago there was a Cancer new moon, And for your short-term goals, you would have went two weeks out until the next full moon. Or for longer-term goals, you would have went six months out to, to, um, not today, till next week at the full moon, okay? So for for my cancers, you're reaping whatever you've sown from however long ago, (laughs) then it's 
but ideally and typically it would be from six months ago. This is where you're reaping that, okay, whatever you've sown. And all of the hard and smart work um, is going to get rewarded, and you make progress with what you've been working on. Um, laziness and irresponsibility, of course, gets punished right about now for you, Cancer, and you can have setbacks and delays. Um, you have to make good decisions and do right by yourself and others to make the best use of this. Signs for Aquarius, you can finish up a work project. You could leave a job. You could become more serious about your work. You could give up a bad habit or redo your routine. You can be rewarded for doing the little things right now and punished for missing the details. The light is shining on all of us, y'all. If y'all see a theme running through these horoscopes, no one sign has it particular. Like I said, my Scorpios have access to a little more positive energy because it's going through their ninth house. But, hey, we're all getting that light shown on us, the good and the bad. Um, yeah, so Aquarius, you can be rewarded for doing the little things right now. We're talking about your sixth house, your Virgo house that this full moon is occurring in, and so the little things are going to be rewarded, and you're going and you could be punished for missing the details. If the devil's in the details, Aquarius, y'all about to find out. Um, Libras, my second air sign. Um, this can be a time where you're rewarded in really big ways, Libra, okay, for the hard and smart work you've done for the last uh, six months to a year. You can reach a new height with something, and you feel you're on the right path. Conversely, if you haven't been working hard and making smart choices, you can experience setbacks now, okay, Libra? So if that happens, just reassess the way you've been doing things and see where you can change your course going through your 10th house of public responsibility, of, you know, even being seen by the public and it's a full moon, yeah. The light is really shining on y'all, Libra, as far as, you know, being in the spotlight. So one way or the other, it's it's really going to tell on y'all because of the position that it's happening in, 10th house, top of the chart. So just FYI, I'm not saying that to scare you. I'm just saying that to inform you, okay? And my final air sign, my Geminis, um, this full moon have, is happening in the sign after yours. So we're going to be talking about six second, sorry, I said six second house um, keywords with you. Uh, so for my Geminis, at the time of the full moon, right there on the holiday next week, you can settle a financial dispute, arrangement, or agreement, and you can work on your confidence, your security, and your safety. You're going to be more invested in what other people say about you, and you have to work on not listening to their biased opinions. Second house, Geminis is all about values. You give yourself your value. Don't. Look to around it, whatever's going on, dear Gemini's, next week around the time of this full moon. Find your value in yourself. Don't look outside of yourself for your value because that's where listening to other people's biased opinions can work against you. Um, you're going to tend to be more invested in what other people say automatically. Just work on your confidence. 
work on the security. Second house is also about just that is that security, um, not like the comfort of the fourth house, but just more of second house is our possessions. You feel more secure when you have a bed to sleep in, you know. You feel more secure when you got more than one pair of shoes. So just in case something happens to the one, you got a backup, you know. So Gemini's um, focus on your confidence, your security, and your your personal safety that you provide for yourself. Eighth house, which is across from the second house, is about the security others provide for you financially and otherwise. Second house is about what you provide for yourself. Moving on, earth signs. Capricorn. Um, Full moon in Cancer means it's a full moon in the sign exactly opposite yours. So whenever y'all hear me say opposite and I'm doing horoscope, y'all know I'm about to talk about other people or people you partner up with in any way, shape, or form. Anybody outside of you is a seventh house person, okay? And so uh, this full moon is occurring in your seventh house, and you can focus on your relationships, of course, with others, with people outside of yourself. Oh, my gosh, y'all, I have a minute and a half left. That's no bueno. But guess what? I'm going to finish reading Capricorn real quick and tell y'all something I'm doing, so it probably won't be a big disappointment. It'll be cool. I have a cool announcement. But Capricorns, um, you're going to focus on relationships. You can make a relationship stronger. Um, it could be made stronger or it could, one could be eliminated from your life, okay? So you see which re, see which relationships need some work. Try to do the work on them. Uh, you'll feel better when you have someone by your side, though, just FYI. And so if, if you're, you know, thinking about chunking somebody, this is just be cool time deciding just to make sure um and because you may crave you can crave more companionship okay um you also need more balance and peace in your life right now so otherwise other if you don't get that balance and peace you're going to feel completely off and over emotional but in these last few seconds let me tell you i am myastrologycoach.com myastrologycoach.com not only will i post um I guess I'll, yeah, I'll post a variation of the uh, horoscopes I didn't get to read. And then I've got uh, some stuff for this week for y'all. So it's going to cut me off. I love y'all. I'm glad I got to come on. Stick close to my astrology coach and see you next week. Peace.